Welcome to the Center of the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. And we are in week three of our life and leadership in Joshua. Yeah. We have talked about several things like finding your tribe and humility um, slash obedience. And this week, we're really talking about the foundation of making all of that happen, which is knowing God intimately. Super important characteristic because we are incapable of doing these things without him. Amen. (laughs) I mean, if you figured out how to do it without him, let us know, but pretty sure it's impossible. Yeah. And we're going to need to see like legit proof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about pride after that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But really today we're talking about what it looks like to know God intimately, the benefits of that. We have the three R's. Which there's like a word for that when you have the first letter of like they all Alliteration. Oh, somebody is a little grammar snob and I love it. It's back from my homeschooling days. Can you spell alliteration? Because I don't think I can. Yeah. A-L-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. It's really close to illiterate, which I can spell and I'm not sure what that means about me. I think. Is it A or E? No. Uh-huh. I don't even know. Illiterate. Alliteration. I have no idea, so I'm probably wrong. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I'm just saying. There goes my pride. <laughs> that is not what I was trying to do. I was just suggesting that I know illiterate better than illiterate. <laughs> well, the first one is reverence. I love that word. Um, when we know God intimately, we are reverent. Yes, and it requires a trained ear. So... If you know God intimately, then you know when it is him who is speaking. And the only way to know it is him who is speaking, whom, by the way, I don't actually hear an audible voice when I feel like he's speaking. I don't know of anyone that's actually heard an audible voice. Yeah. (laughs) Heard of such thing, but I've never actually talked to anyone. That's a great, this is a great time to pull in three um, really unhelpful unhealthy and unbiblical ideas about um, how God speaks. Okay. All right, real quick. Does he speak like with a really deep, are you talking about a really deep, great voice? (laughs) He speaks with um, like out loud. He doesn't. Oh, so people that say we, I heard God speak. They didn't hear him speak. Right. I mean, maybe for them. Okay. Quote like air quotes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Um, so this know, is how God doesn't speak is what you're saying. <laughs> right. Okay. He doesn't speak out. I mean, I feel like as believers, we kind of do a disservice to others when we say, you know, God spoke to us because it can make others feel, I mean, that's never our intention. That's how we explain things. Or like I try to say, you know, I just felt this nudge from God or he placed this on my heart. Um, so he doesn't, he's not going to just like pick up the telephone and call you or sit there on your bed and, you know, audibly talk to you. So it's it's becoming when you're in tune with him and you know him intimately through getting to know him through his word, you recognize these little whispers, as we call them. But right? once again, it's not an audible whisper. Right. It's not like this. Hello, Melissa. This is God. And probably if you're hearing an audible voice of God on a regular basis or an audible whisper of God on a regular basis, uh, yeah, we'll, you may need to check that out. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Also, 
you know, another kind of unhelpful, untruthful thing is he only speaks to people who are super spiritual. All right. So let's be real. If that were the case, I would have no experience with him. Exactly. And that's why I love the stories of the Bible and like getting into it and reading these stories, like even of Joshua, you know, like even the best leaders as you know, we always use David as an example, but everybody has doubts and everybody's flawed. And I mean, if he was looking for perfect and super spiritual, he would have nobody's number on this planet. Yes. Right? So, so another falsehood. And then God doesn't speak to us anymore. Also not true. What do you mean by that one? Okay. So everybody says like, well, you know, there aren't any miracles. He just doesn't speak to us anymore. No, it just looks different. So maybe he doesn't use speak to us audibly you or know, through he, a burning bush. Or, right, through okay. the burning bush or like send his tangible angels. That was really Old Testament. So that's kicking it old school, right? But he didn't have the Holy Spirit then. Okay. Okay, so he didn't have a choice. Like God showed up because he hadn't had any Jesus and Holy Spirit to help him out. He had to come like that. But then when Jesus came and walked the earth, Jesus was his voice. And then when Jesus had to go home to sit at the right hand of God, he left us the Holy Spirit. So he does still speak. It just looks different because it's not through burning bushes and an audible voice. So let's for a second, like go back Old Testament. If you were to experience God in Old Testament ways, Mm. how would you want it to be? Well, I mean, it's kind of scary. I know. You know, I mean, if you, I mean, every single time an angel appeared, an angel of the Lord, they were always like, do not be afraid. That's the first thing out of their voice. Right, so they must have been terrifying looking. I mean, yeah, like not like scary monster face, but just the power and the majesty and the, oh, who knows? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think the burning bush would be cool. I don't know about that. I get kind of hot. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, those are just a few things we'll add into that. Like, don't get caught up in that. Caught up in things when you're getting into scripture and trying to know God intimately that there's like some special magic formula to it. Yeah. In fact, um, we're in Joshua 1, and I'm going to bust out some scripture before our saint over here. Aren't you proud of me? Um, there goes my pride. But, anyways, <laughs> um, um, Joshua 1. Six, actually, I'll start in seven through nine. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, here's the one that I really want to highlight. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... You will prosper or be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. But you have to meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do everything written in it and then you'll be prosperous and successful. So dare I say that probably we need to know God's word before we can be prosperous and successful. And it may not look like the world's success. But if you, like, want to be more like Jesus, get in, get in that word, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're told over and over again, be strong and courageous. And I love how Moses went back um, even to remind Joshua of these things. You know, he's like, look, dude, you're getting ready to take on this, this huge role 
you know, one, be strong and courageous. Two, God is always with you. He's at your back. Three, don't be afraid. Four, don't be discouraged. There's a reason he said that. Because I'm sure, one, he had learned and felt that as a leader. Two, that's what God had always taught him and reminded him. So everyone knows that those are going to be some disappointments and challenges that we face. And that's why it's said over and over again and great knowledge passed on from leader to leader. And that's what I love about our first of the three so far, this is number three recording, is we talked about the tribe. And because Joshua had the experience of Moses to go off of, when Joshua faced something that he had yet to face, he could look back and see how strong leader Moses did it. Mm -hmm. And he walked closely with Moses so he could actually you know, respond in a way that Moses would knowing how it turned out and how God saw him through that. Which really goes into, you know, number two, which is reads or relishes God's word. I mean, Moses didn't have a Bible to open. Right. (laughs) Which is even more astounding. Like he had, you know, just, he had God leading him, which is crazy amazing, right? And he's passing down this leadership. We do have the Bible. We are able to open that. We don't have to wait for this burning bush moment. We can open his word every day and to know him intimately, that's what we have to relish his word and know it because the enemy, what does he do with truth? Yeah. So I love this quote. I want to say it was Rosaria Butterfield, but I'm not sure. But it says, if we want to detect the lies of the enemy, we have to know God's word because the enemy is just going to take God's word and change it just a little bit. He's not going to make it so outrageous that you'll be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever you say, buddy. He's going (laughs) to tweak it a little bit. So if you don't have your knowledge down, you might just start down that path with him unknowingly, slowly shaving off a little bit of God's truth every time. Yeah. I mean, I, I see... I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen Mm -hmm. it happen around me in other people's lives. Um, Just little tiny things like, well, the Lord wants you to be happy. So, you know, he wants to give you um, your heart's desire. Okay, well, if your heart's desire is your neighbor's husband, I'm pretty sure that's not biblical. (laughs) So, you know... (laughs) Uh, your neighbor's husband is your heart's desire. It is not in line with biblical truth. So God does not want to give you your husband's neighbor. BT dubs. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I just went there. That was just like a really extreme example. I right? mean, yeah. I'm not sure where that one came from, but okay, I like it. Because yes, like like you said, the enemy's, you know, the enemy's not gonna put in your ear, um, God's word says you should have your neighbor's husband. No, he's going right. to say... That's in your face wrong. God's word says you should be happy as a Christian yeah. and live a prosperous life. So go prosper. <laughs> exactly. Right. Have the desires of your heart. Right. Yes. No. That is that is why we must know God intimately. And we can only do that, as we've said, a thousand million trillion times. And we'll say a thousand million trillion times more the word of God. And you need to do it personally. You cannot get secondhand knowledge of God. It's great to hear what other people think. It's great to listen to a podcast and hear what they say. It's great to listen to sermons and hear how God has impressed upon a pastor's heart um, the, his message. 
but God has a specific message for you in his word. So just go ahead and open it. That'd be good. Start there. And two, I mean, I was just, you know, if Matt, that's my husband, you know, if he just, we're married, we've been married for 20 years. If he just talked to me once or twice a month, Right. I'm not really going to develop a relationship. <laughs> right. Or not going to keep that relationship going. So even if you have had a relationship with the Lord and you're coasting on autopilot, um, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's it's a work in progress at all times, that continuous conversation and movement forward. And it, it truly is a relationship. And just because you, like you said, may have known this in the past or my relationship with the really strong with God. And so, you know, I know that I'm going to go this way with this particular situation and eh, take that one to God too. <laughs> I, I think you have to lay everything in front of God constantly. Yeah. Because there's always a different shift in it, right? There is. And I think what's cool is that as you, as you begin to know him, you recognize him more. And when you start following those nudges, those whispers that him speaking to you, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're comfortable with, when you follow through with those and you start to see the fruit that that produces, you know, like the phone call that says, oh my gosh, you, that, you have no idea like what that meant to me. This was going on. Or, you know, you find yourself in a safe position or safe from some sort of regret because you're following God's nudge and listening for his voice. You, it strengthens your capacity to do that Mm -hmm. in the future. So every single time you listen and obey, it is so much easier the next time to hear it and to obey it. Yeah, it's just like, you know, exercising your faith muscle, right? It's like if I were to go running, if I were to go run right now, whoo, Lord, I'd be worn out. Number one, it's kind of hot, but also I haven't taken a long run in probably six months. But every day, if I were to go out and run a little bit, and then the next day run a little bit further, I would, you know, have a stamina. I would have a track record. I would have built up my muscles to do that. Well, that's what we have to do with our faith and trust in God. That's right. And then that, that third R is rest. Rest in, in it. Rest. Word. <laughs> rest in it. Holy cow. I mean, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the decision, in the middle of the unknown, the uncertainty, you know, clinging to his word and trusting in his truth and his presence is mandatory for survival. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point right now where I could use a good rest. But um, the truth is, um, once you give something to God and he responds to you, you have to rest in knowing that the omniscient God just gave you a response. So be okay with that and Mm -hmm. know that he's going to work it all out. Right. And rest easy knowing that, oh, God's in control. This was a verse in uh, Joshua one that really stood out to me and I just needed to hear it. Um, I'm in Joshua one and I'm going to go with, um, it's a little bit of 14 into 15 and it says, you are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land, the Lord, your God is giving them. So God is saying like, 
you've had some rest, so now you need to go to battle for somebody else so they can rest. Mm. That's that's beautiful. I think oftentimes, too, when personally when I'm in that moment of crisis or that time of turmoil or uncertainty, the way I find rest is putting my name into the scriptures. Mm. Like he is speaking to me, you know, like, Allison, I'm, I am with you. Just like these verses that Moses is telling Joshua, like, do not be afraid or discouraged. Like, be strong and have courage, Allison. Like, I'm in every detail and working all things out for good. Trust me, Allison. Lean on me and don't rely on your own strength, but on mine, Allison. I've got this. And so for me, that is truly like, that is kind of how I, it's like, how do you rest in the scriptures? Right? You know, like that's kind of a weird I mean, I do fall visual. asleep sometime when I'm reading the Bible. Yeah. Is that praying, what we mean, though? Or, yeah. Yeah. That is restful sometimes. Um, that's my strategy if I wake up in the middle of the night. Um, but that is how I find rest in the scriptures. It's by reading those Psalms and placing my name in there. Like it is a personal, because it is a personal love letter from God to each of us. Telling you. I got you. Focus on me. Keep your eyes on the Lord, and I will set all your paths straight. That's somewhere in that big book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and keep in mind, you know, I can thinking back to Joshua when he was summoned by Moses. I'm sure. I mean, can you imagine? Be like the president, or you know, somebody that you admire or something from a big company. <laughs> like we're going to let that one roll. Yeah, summons you to the office to like pass the torch to you. It's like, "Whoa." That's what Joshua was that's what was happening. You just like I'm I'm off I'm out, I'm out of the world right now cuz I'm like here, go ahead and give it to me. Like I can do something with this. <laughs> I know. Give I'm, me that torch, buddy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm shutting it down there. I'm, try, I'm trying to move past that. Sorry. <laughs> um, just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. Anyway, you know, it is it is the passing of a torch. And it can be so easy to feel as if we are inadequate. And I think it's we just have to remember that we serve a God who uses sinners day after day to complete his perfect plan. Because that's all it is down here. Just a bunch of us sinners trying to do better. I'm not, I'm not giving you like a license to sin here. Bunch but, of train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he takes our imperfections and he uses them to weave in his story of love and redemption and grace across this broken planet and this world that we live in. I mean, that's the amazing God that we serve, that he can do that. But if he's going to do that, then we have to be able to hear his voice and know him intimately and believe that we have reason to be strong and courageous. Oh my goodness. That just brings me to this thing that's been like running through my mind. I was, you know, sitting down the other day and I was thinking of that song, I want faith like Daniel in the lion's den. And I'm like, well, get off your couch then. Like you're asking God for this strong faith. But are you out there testing the waters to see if you have any faith? Or are you sitting on your couch, Mm. 
Still in the boat. Still in the boat. Like, yeah, faith like Daniel Lyons Den, but I'm going to sit on my couch and look at Netflix. Like, challenge you to go into God's word, get the faith, and then go use it somewhere, right? Yeah, just stick a little, stick your big toe in. Oh, no, just jump in. <laughs> it's too late for sticking your toe in, okay? Just fall in. Just fall in. Yeah, go for a swim. I like it. He's got you. He's got you. And, you know, just remember those other portions. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. We're not going to get it all right every time he doesn't. He has realistic expectations. He knows who's, he knows <laughs> what what and who he's working with when it comes to me. <laughs> like, Is there you know, like a funny quote that says, don't worry. God knew who you were before he gave you this challenge. So we factored in your stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So give yourself a little grace and maybe some others too. But I, you know, I hope you'll join us next week as we kind of finish up because we're going to, we're going to really talk about this final aspect of Joshua and that ties into leadership and leading in our lives and our ministries and our communities and and families. families. Yeah. And it's do not waver. Mm. Mm. And this is how you become strong and you do not waver because, you know, this time, this crazy time in our world, a lot of people are wavering. Yeah. And so we need a lot easier to waver than it is to stay firm and anchored. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that next week. All right. We'll talk about that next week on the center of the city. Thanks for joining (laughs) us. 